Hello again, Tony and Susan Alamo coming your way with another one half hour of the truth. Susie? And now Tony will sing Glory, Glory. Glory, glory, hallelujah, when I Hallelujah, when I lay my burdens down. You know, some women just get husbands. But to me, I got the most handsome, the most intelligent, the, oh, just anything you could think of. I, I got the best. Now, I know that that sounds like uh, that I'm bragging, and I am, because I think that I really got the cream of the crop. I don't think anybody did any better uh, with... Uh, Oh, I couldn't say a choice because, uh, thank God, he chose me, <laughs> you know. 
And I just praise and thank God from the depths of my heart and my soul for my husband. Like so many people who do not know us well, they uh, imagine that I'm the bossy one. And let me be the first to tell you that uh, uh, isn't quite true at all. I'm just the talker. I talk all the time, but Tony is action. He is yay is yay and his nay is nay. I get to talk a lot, but that's where it, that's the end of it there. I sound like um, I'm extremely independent for a woman that isn't even allowed to go to the supermarket by herself. Uh, he always tells me, if there's anything you have to have, I'm sure to wait until I get home, and uh, then I'll take you wherever you're supposed to go. But in these troubled times that we're living in, and we see so many marriages that are just simply falling apart, I think it's good and that a man should be the head of his house and that he is the one who makes the decisions of the things that are important in the lives of their families. Now, I've noticed an awful lot of destruction where it's been the other way around, and I'm so thankful to God for my husband. God has blessed me. I feel above all women in this world that God has blessed me with the wonderful husband that he has given to me. You know, when you live with someone, you know them. And every day that I live with him, I'm more thankful to God for him because I, I know and realize his, his goodness is more and the great qualities that he has. And I'm thankful to the Lord that, that he blessed me in such a, a miraculous, such a supernatural way. Again, on this telecast, we have some of the young men from the church in the great controversy that has been about the Jesus movement of today and so many just really irresponsible remarks that are made and so many accusations that it taxes your brain to wonder how anyone could make some of the accusations that, that they make because it's such a complete contradiction to anything that is truth. Of course, we realize with this throwing the words uh, hypnotism and brainwashing and voodoo and mind control, it's all contrived. It all has a meaning. It is all to instill fear in the hearts of people, make people wonder what really is going on. There isn't anything going on. The thing that is going on is that people are getting saved. Their lives are twisted and warped and destroyed. And they know there's a need in their life. And they humble themselves at the foot of the old rugged cross and they ask Christ to come into their hearts and make them new creatures. Their lives change supernaturally, dramatically change. And they become new creatures. Old things pass away and all things become new in him. There isn't anything uh, strange in the fundamental Christian realm about what is happening. It's the same thing that happened when Jesus was here. And he had some of the same off-the-wall accusations. Could you imagine that uh, a man could be crucified because he healed on the Sabbath, because he dared to touch the blind eyes on the Sabbath and they were open? He dared touch the cripple, the lame, and they walked. Well, that's exactly what happened. All these accusations were compiled and fear was brought into the hearts of people. And this man was nailed to a cross 
and he died. But thank God he died because he rose from the dead. And through that blood that was shed on the cross, this is what happens. If we are a cult, so is, was Martin Luther, so was John Wesley, Billy Graham, any of the fundamentalists, you would have to say that they were all cultists. Now, I think the word cult started with uh, the gathering together of people. Cultivate. Cultivate a following. But it has become an evil word. The following that we have cultivated are a group of people that were out in the streets turning over police cars, saying that God was dead, burn down the churches, kill the establishment, do away with everything. We cultivated them, gathered them together, and brought them to Christ. And they have become changed. They're not a group of little children. They're not uh, following around uh, misty-eyed. Believe me, their heads are all on straight. They know exactly where they're going, and they know what it's all about. God is not dead. He is alive. He lives forevermore and holds the keys of hell and heaven in the palm of his big hand. Let's talk to some of these young men. See what their idea about some of these accusations and some of the terrible persecution that's being brought up on the believers in Jesus Christ today. See what they think about it. Marty, what do you think about some of the things that are happening today? Well, I think uh, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of these people uh, <laughs> talking about kidnapping and things like this. Uh, it, my parents, they're, they're just intelligent people and they're sophisticated. They wouldn't have anything to do with it. It's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life as far as uh, someone coming out to kidnap me. They wouldn't have anything to do with it. If I left, they might kidnap me and bring me back to the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> You think that'd be the only kidnapping they do? They'd grab you and bring you back again. <laughs> That's about it. But it, you know, the the story that has been presented to people. You're a bunch of pathetic little kids. You know that uh, you're walking around uh, in some sort of a daze. You know you might uh, uh, get on a trip for a little while, but uh, you start working on one of those automobiles, and you have to. Uh, uh, come head on with one of those big bus transmissions or motors. I think it'd kind of take you out of your stupor, don't you think so, Sanford? Yes, ma'am. What was your life like before, briefly? I was miserable in everything that I tried. I finally ended up just completely dropping out of society, completely lost and completely miserable. And Lord Jesus Christ brought me to the foundation. He revealed himself to me. He let me to know that he was the truth. And, and as his word says... It, when you know him, he will set you free, and I'm free from all the weak and beggarly items of the world. I'm, I'm free from things like brainwash and mind control and all those, those weak and beggarly things of the world. <laughs> now I have a new life. I, I know what I'm doing. I know that I'm going to the kingdom of heaven, and I wouldn't want to be any place else in the world but at the Tony and Susan Alamo Christian Foundation. I'm ever so thankful from the bottom of my heart that I am there and doing the best thing there is to do in this world, and that's serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You work every day of your life, don't you? Yes, ma'am. Wouldn't have it any other way. You're a mechanic. You uh, operate one of the service stations, rebuild cars, trucks, buses. 
anything that has to be done. Amen. Well, I want to tell you something. If uh, that's mind control, stay at it. Don't ever give it up, you know. You're doing real good at it. How about you, John? What do you think about all these things? I think it's ridiculous. I can't see how people could call themselves intelligent and actually listen to such things. Uh, my parents, if I left, they'd kidnap me to bring me back. I was so lost. I was involved with organized crime and narcotics. I had such drug habits that uh, gave me nicknames before I was saved. And I was nothing but heartache and trouble to my parents. And they've been to the foundation four times now, and they love it. They wouldn't want to have me anyplace else but there. I know. Do um, you know the problem that we really have? The truth of the story is, is that we have so many parents moving in on us, and if we had the facilities, we would have as, about as many parents as, as we have uh, the sons and daughters, because so many of them have uh, been saved, Jewish, and uh, uh, from, from every race and every color, every creed. Why, they're right in there just, uh, just as involved in that movement as their young people are. I think a lot of these people would like to uh, uh, make it uh, appear that it's a, a group of little kids, you know. If you're a group of little kids, I call you kids because you're kids to me. And, uh, but for heaven's sakes, if uh, from 20 to 40-year-olds, if that's little kids, you know, I don't know how old you're going to have to be before you grow up. <laughs> you're sure getting a late start if that's little kids. How about you, Sil? Do you think your folks would like to have you kidnapped? No, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they wouldn't want me kidnapped. If when they kidnapped, and they would probably even want to have anything to do with was to kidnap these people and brainwash them into sanity. Cause they, they, they must be crazy to be running around getting in touch with parents and and any parent that would take and even listen to anything so ridiculous as uh, their kids eating out of trash cans or sleeping on floors or lazy. Uh, my parents, before I came to the foundation, they was miserable. When I got saved, came to the foundation, they got saved, came to the foundation. And they've been more more than pleased with my life here at the foundation. They wouldn't want me any other place. Even your grandmother would like to move in, wouldn't she? Oh, if she could, she, she used would to be do right it all the time. Right She'd come and move in and, <laughs> and stay herself. That's the thing that we have so many parents that just, uh, you know, they would just give anything in the world if it were possible. A lot of them are really trying to... Uh, uh, make a, a move, you know, with their jobs and their positions, so on and so forth, so that they can come um, to where they could uh, could live uh, in the place or are nearer where uh, their sons and daughters are living. John, how about you? Well, uh, I was lost in uh, drugs and violence, and uh, the Lord had mercy on me and brought me to the foundation. Since I've been saved, over two and a half years ago, my mother's come to the foundation. She's been saved, and uh, she knows what I'm doing, and uh, she knows I'm happy. She wouldn't want me any other place on the face of the earth than the Tony and Susan Lama Christian Foundation. Yeah, I know. She she told me that at night she can lay down and go to sleep. She knows where you are, and she knows that all is well with you and God. I think so many of the parents are so grateful. They're just so thankful to God. Uh, they realized that uh, the, about the next place that you could have gone would have been to a prison cell or uh, to your grave or a mental institution that you couldn't have continued uh, the way you were going. I don't think he was any exception to the 
young people during that time, of course, a lot of you, this is back seven years ago, five years ago, six years ago. The people at the foundation who were 20 when they came in, some of them are 26, 27 years old now. The ones that were 25, they're in their 30s now and have families of their own. There's no longer, and any of the young people, the ones who under who are under 18 at the, at the church are young people that uh, absolutely refuse to go to school. They won't attend school, so we make, uh, uh, we won't let them come there unless they will finish high school, unless they go to school until they're 18 years old. That is the only way that they can come there. And most of them are there with their parents. Their parents live there with them. So it certainly has been a uh, one-sided story that has been presented to the world. It isn't the end of it. It's only the beginning. In the days following, we're going to see such smear campaigns and such character assassinations against the, the leaders and uh, to take... Um, cults and uh, fundamental Christianity and orthodox religions and mix them all up together and just toss them in. Well, somebody has something in mind with a move like this. It isn't just happening. It's, uh, it all has a purpose to it, and we're all well aware of what it's all about. It's to, uh, to absolutely legislate people's religious freedoms and uh, to move people into an organized religion. Uh, to be told what is right and what is wrong. How about you, James? Do you think your folks would ever have you kidnapped? My mother thinks think it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I've been at the foundation for about five and a half years now, and I'm happy, I'm content. I know that this is where the Lord wants me at, and it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, somebody wanting to kidnap somebody from their beliefs. I think that somebody that makes such statements should be in a mental institution somewhere. <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> I know, to think that they have the nerve to stand and just look at the world, you know, and admit to such things as that and then try to give an excuse for why they're doing it. It really is, uh, it's just unbelievable. You can't imagine that they really could have the nerve to do such thing. Like a, a fundamental church in the Midwest, just recently a 38-year-old woman, uh, her divorced husband decided he didn't like the religion that she was involved in, so he hired these people to go in and kidnap her out of the church. And uh, when these people throw around the word cult, uh, they're not concerned about cults. Cults isn't anything at all that they have any concern about. They're not concerned with them. They are concerned with orthodox religion. That's what their concern is. Because you can't control a man or a woman whose mind is stayed upon God. It's an impossibility. His first allegiance is to his God and to keep the laws of the land. And uh, I firmly believe that we have a group of people in the United States of America that had a design for the youth. And uh, that was uh, to see the morals destroyed, to see the nation torn to pieces, to see revolution, to see all these things. That's exactly what they wanted in the first place. And it didn't exactly happen like they had in mind. The one thing they forgot was God. They forgot he was still there and that he said in the last days there was going to be a great outpouring of the Spirit, that there was going to be a great revival. I uh, think that uh, the smear campaigns that have started are just the beginning. I, don't, uh, I think that there will be people will be attacked so viciously that their uh, uh, tax uh, status will be uh, yanked away from them and that there will uh, 
possibly be warrants issued and everything else. I, I fully expect it to happen because the scriptures are going to be fulfilled, and that's all there is to it. We can just simply rest assured of that. But I can tell you today, beyond any shadow of doubt, that I am not worried at all. It isn't bothering me because uh, if you have to, um, if there must be always, you see many people sitting out there watching us right now, they know that what we're saying is the truth. But you see, with so many of the churches, there's been a compromise. With so many of the evangelists, there's been a compromise. Well, the Bible says you would be better not to preach any gospel at all is not to tell the truth. I believe that all of us will be taken off the air. I think that's definitely coming because it's pretty hard to tell people a story out there when they're looking at something, you know. So eventually, that is exactly what is going to happen. But it doesn't make any difference to me one way or the other. In a prison cell... My Redeemer liveth. It doesn't make any difference what tomorrow holds. I know who holds tomorrow. And I know that we're going to see all these things come to pass. It is absolutely inevitable. It's happening, and that's all there is to it. I will be so glad when it's all over. You know, when you see the enemies gathering themselves together, and you see all these things happening, you see politicians jumping in for... Uh, uh, cheap uh, publicity stunt. Oh, uh, the whole world wants to do away with religion. The whole world wants to do, oh, fine, let's all jump on the bandwagon. You know, whatever anybody wants, let's all just get into it. And you can see what the trend is and, and what it's moving into. These people don't leave anything to the imagination of anyone of what their purpose is all about. They gathered together a group of confused parents, a handful of them. They, there are just so few of them that it's just uh, unbelievable to imagine that uh, such a few people could make such a loud noise, you know, and make it look like it's hundreds of people rising up. It isn't any such thing. It's uh, one or two or three, and some of these groups that their young people are in, I don't know anything about them, and I care less. I know that uh, the Bible says that if they're wrong, leave them alone, you know, and it'll die away. And if it's of God, nothing will ever shake it, nothing will ever move it. It is not going to change. So all in all, God is still in power. His word is eternal and everlasting. There isn't any way in this world that it's going to be changed. There are going to be laws legislated to govern the freedom of religion. Any time you hear this much noise and there's this much going into gathering people together and using uh, uh, Judas goats to uh, bring about exactly what their purpose is, and that's what they are doing. And people have stood by, and they've watched such foolishness as this for a long time, and said, I don't think it could possibly ever happen. Don't you believe that it isn't going to happen? It most assuredly is going to happen, because all these things are in a master plan, and they're going to happen. I think it'll be wonderful when it's finished. I think it'll be wonderful when it's all over. Because as far as we are concerned, we are looking for the coming of the Lord. We have given our lives for the cause of Christ. It doesn't make any difference how many people stand up or rise up against you. There isn't anything new about people rising up against the ones who are carrying the gospel. Why, this goes back to the days of Noah, the only just man upon the face of this earth, the man that God used to restore humanity to the earth. After he had gathered his own family together and uh, their lives had been saved, not through any good thing that they had done, but through the dedication of their father, one of his sons rose up against him. 
and God uh, uh, sent him to the other side of the earth and cursed him uh, for what he had done to his father. Now, here was the only just man in the world. And uh, David and Absalom, David, uh, uh, God said that David was the apple of his eye. And everything that David did was blessed of God, and his, his son was jealous. He despised him, and he set about to completely destroy him. So there isn't anything happening that hasn't happened before. And there isn't anything going to happen that we haven't been told is going to happen. And the only thing is we've got a ringside seat to it. Do you know that we are the most privileged people in this world? We're seeing, we are living the coming of the Lord. We're living in the last days. You know, when I saw Israel, when I saw the Jews gathered together and restored to the homeland, I said, oh, this is it. The, the Lord is coming. It's, it's closing. It's coming to, a, to an end in a hurry. And we have had a ringside seat. We have seen in the, the physical the things that were foretold by the prophets in the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of the old prophets were so confused when the power of the Holy Ghost came down upon them and the Lord God began to show them uh, uh, atomic warfare and uh, show them uh, planes and uh, all the things that they had never even seen in their lives. So how could they possibly comprehend the things that God was showing them? And they didn't tell us that they understood it. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the, the records that we have of it, they say, Oh, I fell upon my face. I was frightened. And the Lord God just spoke to me and he showed me and he told me and he talked to me. Do you know that I am a believer that that same God is alive today? Amen. And it doesn't make any difference how many people. There will even be people who call themselves Christians that will be foolish enough to jump into that mess and say, well, I really don't know. Maybe this group is right and maybe that one is wrong. The Bible says, let all, every man be called a liar, but let God be called truth. Let every person be condemned upon the face of the earth, but let the gospel of Jesus Christ, let Calvary stand tall and straight, unshakable and unmovable, because we shall see the salvation of the Lord. We're going to see the coming of Jesus Christ. I feel that at this very moment, that even now, he is at the door. And as these people gather themselves together, the armies of, of, uh, of the powers of Satan, and you see these diabolical plans set into motion, well, God allows them to just bark like a bunch of little dogs right at your heels while God is saying, don't compromise, move out there and tell the world what this thing is all about. And it doesn't make any difference if you're taken off the air. It doesn't make any difference if you're criticized. It doesn't make any difference if there are assassinations that come upon you. You had better preach no gospel at all as not to take a stand in these dark hours and to tell the truth. Tell it like it is and let every devil in hell quake. Do you know that if there is anything in this world that these people fear, it's being exposed. When you start exposing them and bringing them out for what they really are, and I would think that any parent that had allowed a person to alienate them from their sons and their daughters, to create contention and bitterness, there's something wrong. And uh, my, uh, what, what I would say to any of those parents, find a place in God, in my Lord and my God. 
Don't allow people to destroy you like this. They're using you, and you're becoming foolish for a cause that you don't even realize what you're becoming involved in. And by the time you wake up, it's going to be too late. Remember one thing. There's room at the cross for you. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Master, our soon-coming King, hung between heaven and earth and shed his own blood that you and I could be saved. This is the glory of eternity.